Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. What a start for Saints. It's 2-0 against Manchester United. And Jose Mourinho's in real trouble now. Three for me and two for them. Respect, 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 man, respect, respect. He's fought back from difficult situations before, but situations do not get much more difficult than this. Booze from the old Trafford crowd. Write what you want about him. Write what you want about me. Please don't say lies. You never had a fight with with me. Everything is respected. I have no problems at all. It finishes West Ham 3, Manchester United 1. A victory that may bury Jose Mourinho's time at Manchester United. Manchester United have sacked Jose Mourinho. They're looking for a new manager this morning. More to follow, but breaking news. United have sacked Jose. I mean, the results haven't been good, have they? Let's be honest. I mean, they have spent money in the last couple of years. They've spent a fortune. And you know, you know, they really have gone backwards a long way. It's the style of football ultimately that has has had the fans kind of just bored. Oh, I tell you, Christmas has come early, lads. The last <laughs> 18 months, Mourinho has absolutely destroyed the football we play, and he's had all these funds to spend, and it's left me crying to try and get George Graham out of retirement just so we can watch some entertaining football again. Thank you, Bye. Bye. It's the Premier League preview show for week 18 of the 18-19 season. I'm Tom Rennie and coming up this weekend, the special once has gone. Say goodbye to the Portuguese Pulis of the Champions League. But where next for Manchester United? Is their gradual morph into 90s Liverpool now complete? Will it be Graham Souness, Roy Evans in interim charge? Oh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, been confirmed, has he? Well, that's basically the same thing. Let's welcome the panel to today's show. No David Walker today. He's off enjoying the darts at Alexandra Palace. I assume, if you're listening to this, Dave, my invite was lost in the post. I'm still here. I don't know. Uh, But I've still got a fine team with me nonetheless. Let's say hello to our two guests today, starting with a former Premier League winner with Manchester United, an ardent Jose Mourinho fan, and a former England international as well. Paul Parker is back with us. How are you, mate? I'm fine, thank you, Tom. You looking forward to talking Mourinho for the last time? It's never going to be the last time. It's going to be talked about for years and years, isn't it? Regardless, and things things get worse, it will come up, and if things get better, it will come up as well. Uh, well, things have got better for us this week. Not only is Paul Parker with us, uh, not only is David Walker missing, but also we're joined by the former Arsenal, Middlesbrough, Wolves, West Ham striker, Jeremy Aliadier is with us. You OK, mate? I'm good, Tom. Thank you, yeah. Great to have you uh, back with us uh, on the programme on such a big day. Lots to talk about. And, of course, we've got to start with this. Man United have sacked Jose Mourinho and replaced him with a failed Cardiff City boss. And yet the fans 
seem happy with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, I joke about it, but have they become a, a Liverpool 90s tribute act? Are they? I mean, are you going to be back in the coaching staff at some point soon? They're bringing everyone back, aren't they, from the 90s? Surely they should be looking for an elite coach. You would have thought they could get Pochettino today if they wanted him. They could have got a former Champions League winner. I had a Twitter debate with someone this morning about, oh, we done well at Mulder. The first spell at Mulder, they'd played some really attacking football. It was great. My oh, God, he's relegated. This is Man United. What's going on, Paul? Tell me. We're going to talk about Mourinho, but tell me about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in charge until the end of this season. I just think they've gone for some... Well, what was needed was a good feel factor. Someone who come in and knew what the club was about. I know that's a cliche, but he knows He knows United. He is like deemed a god because of the Champions League, and they needed someone to come in who the fans are going to just going to go, yep, he knows Manchester United, and they idolise. And they've got that. Yes, they've got a manager who failed with Cardiff City, but it doesn't mean he's going to fail with Man United. Cardiff, as we know, managers tune into different scenarios. Cardiff most, most probably wasn't right for him. I mean, they were struggling right down yeah. the bottom. You, you can't play me. free-flowing football no. if you're no. Cardiff City trying to stay That's up. That's correct. And I just think United will improve because not be, just because of the fact of the players are going to be happy. The players are going to be unshackled. They're going to, be, they're going to have freedom. They're going to be able to play kind of football and they can improvise. You know, they can make a mistake without someone gesturing to the crowd, like, you know, making out mm. like they're, you know, oh, look at them, look at them. It's, you know, I'm doing this and they're letting me down. You don't need that. And that's all going to stop. He's brought in Mickey Phelans as number two. Yep. He was number two to the gaffer, to Fergie, and um, that worked well. So he knows the club as well. Mickey Phelan sh- shouldn't have gone from the moment Sir Alex went. Yeah, they always say that was one of the big Moyes mistakes. He got should, rid of the backroom sh- stuff. Yeah, to bring in all these friends and whatever. Got that totally wrong. Should have kept Mickey Phelan, even if it was only for six months, just to find out all the little inner bits, just to use him, use and abuse. He would have known then about Vidage and Ferdinand, about how they trained because they were they was a little bit older, they were carrying injuries, what they liked to do, the character of them, and more than anything, trust them. And that's what he needed. And then they most would have said to Moyes, don't talk about the great centre-half straight at Everton mm. when you're at Man United. That bit doesn't <laughs> really encourage respect from other people. Always going to be a funny story, yeah. that, showing yeah. videos of Phil Jagielka to Rio Ferdinand. Yeah. <laughs> it's always going to be funny to me. <laughs> Jeremy, can I ask you about the, the youth team career that, that Solskjaer had at Man United? Because he worked there and he worked with Jesse Lingard. He's worked with Paul Pogba previously. He said if he goes to Man U as manager, as a kind of theoretical in, in past interviews, he said he'd build the team around <laughs> Paul Pogba. Is it, is it the same? How, how different is it working with someone at that level, under 21s, 18s, 19s, 17s, and working with them at the elite level which they're at now? Can they have the same relationship? I'm sure they can, yeah. I can't see why not. You know, when when you take the example of, of Gareth Southgate, you know, it was with the under twenty ones, went up to the to the, you know, full squad and, and picked up a lot of players that he previously had and, and and he did work out. So why would he not work out with Solskjaer and, and all them them young players that mm. you know, Man United are really counting on them guys, you know, Paul Pogba you know, he's been there a few years now. He was there previously at the club, left, come back, and he's got the talent. You know, there's there's no doubt about it. He just need to to be happy and be free to to play football. What do you make of that Pogba Instagram <clears throat> post that went up? Caption this, and then it gets taken down. And and Gary Neville said something along the lines of, "You can get out as well." Like, to paraphrase what he said in response, 
Do you think that was pure coincidence or is that a genuine thing? Reports tell us, now I don't know this, I'm not in the dressing room, we're not in the dressing room, but there's high fives going around, people are happy that he's gone. It's only Ashley Young, <laughs> Fellaini, Matic and Lukaku, according to reports in the papers on uh, on Wednesday morning, that were unhappy to see him go. The rest didn't care. It's, it's, it's a tough one. I think we, that story's been, you know, it's, it's been on for a long time between uh, Mourinho and, and Pogba, Lukaku, whoever... You know, didn't agree with him and, and his, his style and, you know, whatever. But I think the press are obviously just looking for <laughs> looking for them kind of, of things, you know. And then the Pogba, obviously, post on Instagram. Mm. The fact that he's deleted it straight on, you know, as soon as he kind of realised that there was a mistake means that there's obviously something behind it, you know. I find it mad in this story. You've got Pogba doing an Instagram post that got taken down immediately. Man United posted a video last night of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer getting the job before it was actually announced. And the Norwegian Prime Minister tweeted, good luck Solskjaer in the job at Old Trafford before it was announced. Can no one save things in their drafts anymore? Is it that hard? Is it mad, is it? <laughs> well, you just look can't at, be allowed. Well, you look at the whole thing. I mean, you look at United where un- under um, Sir Alex, everything was kept in-house, as the saying goes. And from the moment the David Moyes scenario started, LVG, mm. how he lost his job after, you know, just he's just won a cup final and he lost his job, how he got treated. And we knew for a while, didn't we? Months that he was going. Yeah, but the whole, that, the way he lost his job and the way Mourinho come in, it tells you under the present regime, Manchester United are not right. There's someone in there who is talking too much to other people. That person isn't being professional. It's as simple as that. So when you get something like what Pogba's gone and done, mm. as a, when you, if you're that person within the club, you, you're going to have to you look at yourself and you say, there isn't a lot you can really do. Pogba, I mean, you, I don't understand so much all this social media. You let kids do it because it is kids' technology. Mm. He's, uh, he's put something out there, allegedly, and all of a sudden he's taken it away. It's caused more interest, maybe, because he's deleted it straight away than actually what was what was there. Yeah. Is that about right, Jeremy? Yeah, that's 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 what I was going to say. If, if you if you feel that what you've posted on Instagram, you've got nothing wrong, nothing to hide, and and it's just a coincidence that the press make make it, you know, in a certain way, don't delete it. Just you know, stick with what it you believe, what and just say, well, no, I, you know, I don't feel I've done anything wrong. And and it's just obviously a coincidence or what you know whatever your explanation is, but you know that social media thing mm. is it's a it's, it's a tough one. But going back to what you were saying about the four players who are unhappy, yeah, or the, the four players that will be unhappy that Mourinho's yeah, yeah. gone, yeah. Oh, yeah, without doubt, because they're the four players. Everyone we read everywhere who shouldn't be playing regular, right? You know, you're talking about a couple. Matter, uh, Matage on form. Mm, you look poor, at Ashley Young as much a fullback as I am a centre forward. <laughs> you have to look at it. <laughs> Fellaini, Manchester United have a player who only goes onto the pitch just to win balls in the air. And the other one is Lukaku. Um, Lukaku yeah. It was Lukaku, Matic, uh, Young, and who was the other one I said? Must have been um, Fellaini. Yeah. Fellaini, yeah, Fellaini. Sorry, yeah, yeah, right. I, yeah. I look at the Lukaku one. If I was Lukaku, yes, he was signed by him. But look at the way he's been left out recently. Maybe someone like Oli coming, maybe out to teach him a little bit and get mm. him. And if he can get him more relaxed, more relaxed, then he might maybe be better because obviously everyone's talked about his first touch. But when you're worried about being persecuted, when you're going to make a mistake, you tighten up. It's as simple as that. And if he's kind of a weak character. And he's not dealing with it well. And you've got someone like Mourinho, who you you know is going to be having a comment 
every time you make a mistake, mm. you're not going to deal with it. So maybe Lukaku might be a bit different. I don't know. People keep, he hasn't scored a goal, he hasn't scored a goal. That's only come about because of the way Mourinho is. Because I'm sure most managers, and if someone like Onigula, Onigula would come out and... And if he, someone hasn't scored five, six goals, he wouldn't... Someone come and talk to him, he'll turn around and say... Okay, he's not scoring, but look what else is he's, he's doing. Yeah. That's the other side of it. Yeah, for sure. Look at Giroud at the World Cup. Yeah. Everybody's just, ah, he's not scoring, but you know he's still playing, still in the team. Deschamps was still coming out saying how well he's performing and he's useful to the, to the team. So. Picking him as well, not dropping yeah. him like Lukaku got exactly. dropped, bizarrely, a couple of weeks ago. Um, let's talk a bit about Mourinho's tenure there. Uh, they picked up 26 points this season after 17 league games. Uh, it's their worst points haul in the top flight since 1990 at the start of a season. Um, 176 points under Jose Mourinho during his entire time, less than Man City, Tottenham, Chelsea, Liverpool, uh, since the start of August 2016. Uh, the constant discussion was he's not had the backing. And I was just going through this this morning. Some of the money he actually spent. So Pope was 89 mil. Lukaku, 75. Fred, who didn't make the matchday squad last week against Liverpool, 52. Matic, 40. Lindelof, 38. Baye, 30. Mkhitaryan was 26. The money, I know Sanchez was free, but the money going to him, astronomical. Half a mil a week by all accounts. So he did get backed financially, and yet the players they brought in seemingly were wrong. That Mourinho's fault is that Ed Woodward is changing the manager for six months as a stopgap going to change Man United? Or is it director of football, which they're looking to bring in, as well as maybe replacing the chief exec? It's a big question, right? Big question, hey? yeah. So many details, so many uh, stats. And I just feel, you know, the manager, when, when you come to a club and you've got money to spend, you buy your players. After, you know, for me... This is how he's always worked. You know, the club I've been, the manager chooses his, his players and he's got to work with them. And and them astronomical money that you've just talked about, them transfer fees, the money spent on, on players that are just not performing. But it's more why, you know, and what happened after them players come. You know, Lukaku, 75 million, at the beginning, he was scoring goals. Everybody just said what a great signing he is. You know, Everton, he was just top striker and, and why suddenly in the last year and a half he's just not performing anymore that's more the, the question how can you be a top striker and suddenly not it's, it's a confident thing and, and that comes from your manager I, I have to concur with that because that is it. if you're not confident in the if the manager is going around saying the wrong things about mm. it you are going to feel it doesn't matter how strong you think you are the end of the day you know you, you just don't feel comfortable and I think Lukaku wasn't feeling comfortable and when you look at when you look at some of the other players and everyone wants to have a go at these players. Oh, they've let Manchester United down. They should look at themselves. They're, they're professionals. They should be doing this. We have to remember that they're no different to a person who works on a line in Fords. If their line manager is having a go at them because they're not doing this properly and doing it in front of everybody, they're going to react and only do by only do what they have to do. They're not going to go and do a man and a half job. Human nature says that. But everybody wants to slag the footballs, footballers off for not for not being professional. And everybody would be like it if you constantly got someone berating, berating you publicly, and make you know everything doing it all wrong, man management wise. So players, it happens. Players do do that. Have these players become bad over the period of time? No, they haven't. All they've done is just been let down by the by their line manager, which was Mourinho. And, he, and by him turning round to the crowd and making them look stupid and blaming them, thinking he was going to get the crowd with him, was the wrong way to do it. Because when you turn round and you 
gesticulate to the fans and you turn around and you look at your bench, you've got Michael Carrick sitting there who's only just finished playing. So you know which way his mind's going to be going. As much as Mourinho's his boss, he's going to be thinking as a player and thinking to himself, how am I going to get across to these players that he didn't mean to do that? He's not going to do it. He's not going to try because he's not going to... Let, he's not going to let those players down and want those players to think that he's with Mourinho when he agrees with him. So it would become very, very difficult for those players to go out onto that field and go and work for someone because they didn't know what they were going to get next. And as much as they win a game, they know that if it doesn't go right the next game, it's all going to start again. And I think we all knew that in the end. Mm. One minute you're starting that car and it's working, then all of a sudden... It's going to break. It breaks down, and all of a sudden, instead of kicking the car and whatever, he wants to go and kick the people, everything else around the car, which was the players, and you go and do it publicly. So he let the players down, in my opinion. By the way, he did, the players didn't do themselves maybe enough justice, but they still not totally to blame. He let himself down, and he more than anything, in my opinion, he let Manchester United down. He totally embarrassed a football club. 895 days he spent living at the Lowry Hotel in Manchester, spending £700,000 there at the Luxury Hotel. Never bought a place in Manchester. Never seemed to settle at the club. And, you know, people keep saying he finished second last year, but no one really finished second last year, did they? Um, Finally on Mourinho, I do want to move on, keep looking forward. Is he now finished in English football? Do we see him again in English football? Would anyone want him again in English football? I personally, and what next for him outside of English football? I personally can't see him coming back in English football. What, what club will you know will, will, will take him? And like you've just mentioned, for me, it's a lack of commitment. When you stay in an hotel for two and a half years, it's just you know for me, it just means that you know you're not go- you're not going to be there for very long, and that's already a sign for me. But yeah, no, I can't. I can't see him going to you know another club in uh, in in England now. Well, first when he was in that hotel, he was going back three times a week to London. Hmm. You know, he's up and down on that train all the time. And just to go on there, what Jeremy said, I don't ever want to see him in English football. To be perfectly honest, I just think everything about him was has always been wrong. Even from his first period at Chelsea, there was always something wrong. There was an undertone. And I, I, I didn't. When he come there, I just saw something I didn't like from from there. And the moment I, I knew Manchester United was supposed to be interested in him, I just said it. And I sat around and said, I worry about the football United are going to play, and I was worried about Manchester United as a commercial enterprise, how how he could affect them, and he did affect them, and he affected the football. And every, all everyone kept saying about because of the time they were going through, which I hated this cliche quote, whatever it was. He's a winner. Mm. Manchester United, all all good clubs like even your Arsenal, your Tottenham to a point, Manchester United, <laughs> Liverpool, all of, all of them. The game is more. You go to a Liverpool fan and just say about winning, but it's more than just winning. There's a manner in which you win, the way you play. Arsenal got there. Arsenal becoming come into that because of what Arsene Wenger brought to them. And, and since Arsene Wenger, they've gone on and on. The, the football that the fans love to see, they've built something. Tottenham have had their way from many years ago. All of them, Liverpool, and you know what Liverpool are like. Manchester United have had this arrogance, this swagger. They lost it all because of one person. Mm. And the fans, yes, a lot of them got caught up in it just about winning. So they won trophies, you know, and they just got over the line. The League Cup just got over the line against Southampton. Should never have, should never have won that. Scored a good goal got disallowed, yeah. they played Ajax, a team of boys in a final, and they got through to that 
by default as well. Very, very full. He put all his eggs in one basket, it come off. Mm. And everyone kept saying he won trophies, he won this, he should still have a job. He did, though. He yeah. did win trophies. Yeah, I know. But Jürgen Klopp's won nothing. Yeah. Pochettino's won nothing. But at the end of the day, it's not about that at this moment in time. There's only so few trophies you can win. Everyone keeps saying that. And the fans will come out, he he's won, he wins nothing, you, you, or you, you, ain't, you ain't won anything. The moment you win a League Cup, oh, it's only a League Cup. You win the Europa <laughs> League, it's only you. So all of a sudden, there's only two trophies that people would give you a little bit of respect yeah. for. That's what the game's yeah, become I feel, now. I feel, I feel that with Arsenal as well, where, yeah, yeah, where you know, the last few years, all right, Arsenal didn't, haven't won the Premier League, but they still got the FA Cup a few times on the road, you know, and then, oh, we don't care about yeah, this. Yeah, we we won care. the Premier League. Well, the it's Premier just, League, do you know how hard it is these days to win the it's, Premier it's League? You know, it's like there's only fan, one or yeah. two trophies to fans win. Fans have got greedy. Fans have been brainwashed down, down a direction and everyone's falling into that same trap. So straight away, everyone's going two trophies and if you don't win it, you're nothing. Mate, clubs are brainwashed as well. Do you see the Leicester team? They're playing against Man City in the Carabao Cup midweek. They're resting their players. They couldn't be bothered with the penalties. I mean, Claude Puel's resting players for a game in the Cup. It's madness. Yeah. Uh, listen, I want to move on, but just one final question on this game. It is Cardiff City this weekend. It's always funny how these things work out. The only other team Solskjaer has managed in England. The first team is in charge uh, against as Man United boss. How does this game go? How do Man, uh, to, do Man United set up? He's a very attacking, progressive kind of manager. Didn't work when Cardiff were you know, struggling down the bottom, but his first time around at Mulder, he's a champion. They get forward. He likes to, teams to express themselves. A clip everyone has seen this morning of he's in training and the players are passing around. And he says, why are you not shooting? We're 18 yards out and you're trying to pass it in. Shoot, guys. And all the Man United fans loving it, liking it, retweeting it. They're loving it up. <laughs> you know, they're going to have some shots these days. So they go out against Cardiff this weekend. They're on good form, by the way. You know, we're not going to have to be out to talk about Cardiff that much. They've won four of their last five Premier League games at home. They're going to give up on you. They go 2-0 down, they're not going to give up. They've won more points from being behind than any other team in the league, along with Man U, weirdly. Uh, but mm. they will not give up. It's not going to be easy this game, right? No, it ain't going to be easier. Like you said, Cardiff seems to to find a way at home to to win matches. So um, yeah, I feel, I feel for first game for for Solskjaer is not going to be a, a easy one. I'd be interesting to see what player will play. Will Pogba play? Will you know all the, all mm. them guys that have been left out lately? Will they be in the starting lineup? That's what I'm quite you know interesting to 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 see. And uh, but listen, when the manager leaves and, and somebody else come in. The player's going to feel obviously they've got to impress him. You know they, they're going to have to do something extra. They're going to so it's going to be an open and, and hard game, I think, for Manu. But I think you have to look in the other. You got to look at Cardiff. This is a big game for Cardiff. It mm. was a big game. It's become an even bigger game. Neil Warnock is going to love this game. <laughs> he's going to absolutely love it. Neil, he's going to have something to say. Not a lot, but he's going to say enough within that sentence to suggest that the onus is all on them and he's got nothing to lose. That's the way he's played it. So it's it's massive for them. Mm. But the, for the players, Oli's just got to be careful. He doesn't go and put a team out and make it look like in the, this is Mourinho's got it completely wrong. He still has to be careful what he does. You know, there's players still there that we need to find out about. What exactly is Fred? Yeah. Other than the Brazilian being called Fred, which is strange, really, really strange. Do you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. It is yeah. a strange one. It's like being Paul Parker de Silva. You know, work out that one. But that sounds quite nice to me actually. Yeah. It worked. That works. It goes, I don't know, I that works really well. <laughs> thank you. Thank We're doing you. that from now yeah. on. Um, but I need to see about him. What was it that 
Pep liked about him? Why did Pep want to sign him yeah. from Shakhtar? Or did Pep really want him? Did Pep play a little little decoy yeah, there nice. and all of a sudden Mourinho fell for it and went and paid 50-odd million for a fella? Well, but, Sanchez, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. So we need. there's a lot of things to find out. But the one thing I think we are going to get, we are going to get from United enthusiasm, players who are going to want to run forward, players who are going to not be scared to make a mistake. Mm. That's That's the thing. That's, that's going to be the bit that fans want to see. But after a while, as you know, Germany, is that there's only going to be a little honeymoon period. Mm. So Manchester United still are expected to put everything into a Champions League spot. I mean, it, it's amazing they've gone for Solskjaer for a six-month warm fuzzy and not <laughs> tried to bring in a proper manager. I find it bizarre. Well, uh... We've got, we got to move on. We've got to move on. <laughs> yeah. I know, we could do this all day. I know, we're going to move on and we are actually going to go back to this topic because Tottenham are next and, and they might have the next Man U manager in their dugout this weekend. Uh, that's up. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Next. Fernandinho gets it back from Jesus, crosses for Sterling! Raheem Sterling! Manchester City 3, Everton 1. Kane to Ericsson! And Christian Eriksen guides the ball into the net. Tottenham have been huffing and puffing. They've been knocking at the door. I don't want that you twist my, my words, but of course. I did that to you. No, because I think it's important to believe. No one believed after the, after three games in Champions League that it was possible to, to qualify. And uh, with the belief that we have today, all is possible in football. Of course, that we are going to compete with massive side um, like City, Liverpool, United, Chelsea or Arsenal but always football is our belief. It's it up towards the back post and there is Charlie Austin and Southampton have taken the lead for the third time and this time it counts. Charlie Austin with a header, it's Southampton 3, Arsenal 2. Onwards then to Sunday in the Premier League. Everton up against Tottenham is a four o'clock kickoff. Everton unbeaten in their last six home league games, winning four and drawing two, though an absolute robbery against Watford uh, last Monday when they were at home. Uh, Spurs, it's a weird one, this. They haven't drawn any of their 17 league games this season. Only Bolton in 2011 had a longer wait without a draw from the start of the season. The only team in the Premier League yet to draw a game. Bizarre. Now, before we get into the game itself, we've got to talk about the game itself. That is what this show is all about. 
We've got to talk about Maurizio Pochettino. Uh, we just heard from him there a few moments ago. We, we've got to talk about him. He is the front runner to be the next Man United manager. We're talking about thirty million plus in compensation. As ever, Daniel Levy very shrewd when it comes to contracts, no release clause, all that sort of stuff. If you're Maurizio Pochettino now, and bearing in mind it's not nineteen ninety nine anymore, would he be better off staying at Tottenham if they gave him three hundred million pounds to spend? I know it's pie in the sky, but let's think about what he would need for him to stay there. Think about where Man U are now. Think about where Tottenham are now. If he said, I'll be staying at Tottenham and I've got 500 mil to spend, between three and 500, he's going to do better over the next five to 10 years of his career than if he goes into the mess that's Man United, isn't he? Is this now in Tottenham's court, whether he stays there or not? I, personally, if I was him, and I've said this a thousand times, I would ask the question, why am I going to leave Tottenham? And what he's building now, what he's done now, with no money, what he's done with nearly two years playing away from home, what they've achieved... I think he'd be mad to do it. And I just think if he was just to stay at Tottenham and get a bit of money, because I don't know if they're going to get a great deal, I'm sure being with Daniel Levy there, it's going to be a bit different to when Arsenal moved in, into their new stadium and Arsene Wenger still had to balance the book and mm. done great. I think that he might have a little bit and be allowed to maybe spend. And you've seen the players that he's brought through. You saw Skip the other day come in. Yeah. It wasn't your normal um, debut by a young player. This lad, I mean, he, he played with so much arrogance it was unbelievable. The lad looked like he'd been there for a while. I think he'd be mad because they haven't won a league since 60-61. Mm. And then you think to yourself, if I was to go and achieve that here, I'd get a statue up the next day. They'll build it within a day. Mm. And, you know, all that there, what he could go and achieve, rather than go to United where they're expected to come in and win a league and win a Champions League. Why would he want to go and do that? And especially those young players, what he's done now, what he's brought through already, I think to myself, he's got to stay and see that bit through in a brand new stadium. What more do you want as a manager? But someone will come out and say, out there, oh, but it's Man United. They're a bigger this, club. Yeah, this and that. They're one of the great teams of English football. But one thing we can't keep doing is what Mourinho kept doing. I'm sorry he's mentioned his name, but you come into it. You can't, can't move on, can you? You just no, can't no, move I know, on. No, 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 no. Is that you can't keep going backwards and keep bringing up history all the time. Yeah. History's only so much. Get in and do the job and, talk, and do, it, do it from now. Pochettino, Man United. Nah, I agree with Paul. I've, I've, if I was him, I'll, I'll stay where I am. You know. I've, but what I've, if he don't get the money? What yeah, if they that, say that, to that, you, you can't spend any money this January? Would you give it to him in January? Would you say to him, we've got a risky of losing one of the best managers in football. Do you want some money to spend? Joe, got any money, Joe? Can we give it to Maurizio? <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel these guys... The fact that he's at the club, players like Harry Kane, Deli Ali, they've signed you know a new contract, a new stadium coming. I, I think they they they've getting closer and closer by the year. And and even with only twenty million, he'll find somebody and make him a, a great players and will fit in his team, his style of play. And and I think the stability he's got at that club and what he's he's done, you, these days you don't find this anywhere else. Even if he goes to Madrid for example Madrid is like you win or you're out mm. so he won't have any time he won't have which he has at Spurs you know so I agree with Paul if I was him I'll, you know, I'll stick where I am and carry on doing uh, doing what I'm doing yeah now we are talking before the Wednesday night North London derby in the Carabao Cup between Spurs and Arsenal so we're just going to assume everyone is fit and there's no major injuries from it and we now look at this game um, at the moment, it is a defensive crisis. It's been the way for Tottenham for a few weeks now. Uh, Jan Vertonghen uh, is out for this one. Eric Dyer is out. Dembele is injured. Uh, Foyth is unlikely to play. They're going to try and maybe play him Wednesday. We'll, we'll see how it goes.
goes for Wednesday and the weekend. Uh, other injury doubts as well for Tottenham Hotspur right now. How tough is this trip to, to Everton in that context? All the players out? Because think about where they are in the league. They are pushing for the title. They're six points off off the top right now, off Liverpool. Uh, they're only, what, five behind Man City, which is phenomenal. A phenomenal. So this is a huge, huge game and a big test. I mentioned Everton's form earlier. I think it's been said about Tottenham in, in, in a few games this season, every time they've come through, they've got through it. And I think there's that that much togetherness there. They get through situations and everyone's saying it's small squad. When you've got a small squad, what, what generally happens is you get continuity. And that's what they've gained. And there's that trust within with each other. There's trust in the manager. They believe what you want to say. If he suddenly turned and said, Harry, I need you to go and do a job for me at centre-half, I'm sure Harry Kane would go there and do a a more than good enough job mm. at centre-half because he would trust that he's there for a reason to help the team win but knows he can go back and score goals the following week. So a lot of people are putting doubts and I'm sure people are doing their betting would look at that and fancy Everton. We've got to remember as well, when the onus is on Everton, Everton have always failed. Yeah. That's, the, that's the thing with Everton. As much as they look quite good and Ricarlison is scoring goals, they're still struggling in a certain way. You speak to Evertonians and Evertonians expected a bit more than what they're getting now. They'll take that they're treading in, in the right direction from their previous um, coach, but they're still lacking. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't go against Spurs winning this game at all this weekend. Yeah, Everton, their form, when I say unbeaten, you think about some of those recent performances. I mentioned the Watford one. I was doing that game. They're absolutely horrendous in that game. They couldn't beat Newcastle at home as well. They struggled against Cardiff to get mm. a 1-0 victory there. Why hasn't it quite clicked for Marco Silva in recent weeks? Because the, the individual talent, it's all, I mean, everyone's back. Andre Gomez back. Yeri Mina is back. They've got one of the best keepers in the league. You know, he can't tell the difference between a crossbar and a ball. Sure, but apart from that, he's very good. <laughs> so why isn't it clicking, Jeremy? Well, I don't know. I don't know why it's not clicking because he's obviously, a, you know, in my eyes, a top manager. He's bought good players. And, and like you say, everybody's individually, you know, good players and they should, you know, they should do better. But... You know, it's, 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 it's like you said, they're struggling to to win against smaller clubs, mm. and um, you know, <laughs> and on Sunday definitely won't be a, won't be an easy game because Spurs will will get there to to win. They've they've got to win. They've got to carry on, you know, winning and putting pressure on on uh, on the other team. So um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure exactly why he hasn't he hasn't worked out as good as it should be really for him perennial transition for Everton and that may be is where Arsenal are at the moment let's move on to the Gunners they're up against Burnley on Saturday at 12.30 kickoff. off do them a favour they lost last week against Southampton we keep talking about oh this unbeaten run but you did kind of beat the what Carabag uh, who else did you beat Dog and Duck 11 <laughs> Village Royals <laughs> you know you didn't, didn't play anyone did you one game against Spurs was the only tough game in that run right this is quite handy this yeah no to be honest I've been <laughs> That unbeaten run's been doing my head in a little bit because I just felt a lot of fan kind of. We've got so our happy, Arsenal back. You know, just, yeah, oh, you know, unbeaten, unbeaten. I don't care about being unbeaten. I just want to have as much, you know, as much point on the ball as possible. And I would have, I would have swapped them. You know, they, them draw against a win and, and lose some of the games that that we kind of should have lose. You know, so uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's. it's Difficult situation, I think, with the with the loss of a few players defensively as well. Yeah. It's always been tough this season defensively, and now with Holding been been out for the season, uh, Mustafi injured, um, Socrates suspended. It's, it's 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 a tough one, and it's changed. You know, going three at the back 
thinking we're going to try to tie up at the back, give Kolasinac and Bellerin more more offensive, like re- not too many defensive responsibility. Let them, you know, go up. It's it's just um, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just a, a difficult period at the moment. And I think, like you said, losing it against Southampton might have been a a good thing. Thinking, oh, forget about the unbeaten run now, and then just you know, carry on, try to progress and, and get more points. Was it a good performance against Southampton? You mentioned defensive issues. Obviously, Koscielny's coming back from a long time out. Xhaka playing in the three. Yeah, it's, it's obviously... Uh, Xhaka's never been, you know, a defender in his life. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> so playing in the three at the back was not uh, was not going to be easy for him. I, I feel for Koscielny because I've, I've seen him, you know, playing in, in Europa League against Karabag uh, last Thursday. And, and he, for me, he looks like he's still, he's still limping, you know, he's still not running freely. So, so obviously we need him to play because we've got no one else. But... Um, you know, playing in the Premier League when you're over 30 coming back for from a seven-month injury, it's, it's just not putting him in the right, you know, in the right position and in the right, you know, easy game to to get back. So, uh, so if we really can on on Koscielny to do the job these days, it's, it could just could be painful, really. Do you think they'll spend in January on the centre half? Well, I've I've heard that they haven't got much money to spend. So really? I'm, yeah. So I'm not sure they're they will be able to spend but um i will obviously like to see uh money spent in in a, in the defense but it's it's where to spend like who to spend it on mm. who to go and buy because in the summer we got socrates everybody thought that's that's the man we need him which i think he's he's done all right but we want more really yeah, you kind you of know? already had people like that that caliber didn't you that that kind of level that's the good thing players but good player but not world-class defenders yeah. that that really we've been looking you know been looking for Paul what about Burnley they're the visitors this weekend uh, they're in the bottom three right now lost last week against Spurs 1-0 tight game though very tight <coughs> game away from home they've found to score in seven of ten that's surprising to me they seem like they could bully some teams away they used to be able to bully teams. That's what they used to do. And I've seen them twice away from home. And I think the last time was when they come to the London Stadium. And the problem is with Burnley is that they got involved in Europe. And all of a sudden they thought they could play in a different way. I think a few players got a little bit too big for their boots. Mm. Thought they were better than what they were. And they changed their style. They wasn't an in-your-face team. They wasn't They wasn't physical. They wasn't ugly. I mean, he's... He wasn't, you know, he was getting balls in wide areas and they was just trying to chip it into people rather than before they used to just fire balls across and the big forwards they had used to be diving in kamikaze style. They only seem to be doing that in the last 10 minutes of the game when they're chasing it. I think they have to go back to where they were. I think Sean Dyche has to maybe go back. He's trying to change it up. And I think playing those Europa League games where you, in Europe, you can't play kick and run. You can't, doesn't work because you find that those players as good, bad or indifferent as they are. Not even against Aberdeen. Well, it's for Aberdeen. Well, I, 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 I said in Europe, proper Europe. You can't play that way because yeah. they're, they're too clever for it. People just fought international football many years ago when I was playing. Why doesn't Peter Shelton kick out of his hands? All of a sudden you'll get a centre-half about my height, go up against someone six foot seven, he'll jump with him and then fall over on the floor and the referee go... You, Big fella, little, you must have hurt him. It's a free kick. Mm. They're very, you know, that way you can't do you have So, in the Premier League, he needs to get back to what got him into the Premier League and what's kept him in the Premier League comfortable. And that was just playing a certain style and not changing it. And they've changed it too much. Yeah. Maybe gone out and got the wrong personnel. And maybe more than anything, is that that new personnel coming in 
are on a different pay structure. Mm. And that causes problems now where everybody knows what everybody's earning. What happened to those days when no one knew what, what you were earning? I, but I did know centre forwards, wingers, goalkeepers and the captain were earning more than me. But now everybody knows what everyone's earning. It's mm. big problems. Right, Burnley, big fight this weekend, big fight this season as well. Begin the weekend in the relegation zone. Let's move on. Next up, we'll talk about the league leaders and the chief chasers. Uh, Liverpool go to Wolves and City up against Palace. That's next. Salah and the shot comes in from Shakiri via a little deflection to surely seal all three points for Liverpool. The little substitute has done it again. Player back into Milivojevic, Palace fans tap for a second. Shoot, which is exactly what he does. What a fantastic strike from Luka Milivojevic out of absolutely nowhere. Crystal Palace uh, take the lead. It's going to fall to Costa. There's a chance here. One on one for the substitute, Ivan Caballero. He scores! The brilliant start was one of the best performances we had since I'm in Liverpool. To be honest, we don't need a season. The first half an hour was outstanding. Outstanding. I've never really believed that, you know, that we can only win if he plays. I've never really believed that. We we don't win enough games so far this season. or haven't won enough games because we haven't scored enough goals. Right, let's talk about Wolverhampton Wanderers up against Liverpool. An 8 o'clock kick-off UK time on Friday night this week. So if you're listening on Saturday, you know, just skip forward a bit. Um, right, let's talk about some stats here. Uh, if Liverpool win this game or have won this game, uh, they're guaranteed to be top of the table on Christmas Day. Each of the last four sides to top the table on Christmas Day have gone on to win the title. The last team to do it who didn't go on were... Liverpool, exactly right. <laughs> uh, four years ago, let Is it slip. That, that season, of course. Um, Wolverhampton Wanderers looking to win four consecutive top-flight games for the first time since 1972. So, not an easy game whatsoever. Uh, Liverpool, much like Arsenal, uh, Jeremy, defensive issues. Matip, Gomez, Alexander-Arnold, uh, Milner, a, a doubt for this one as well. Um, and is that going to be their undoing this season, Liverpool? That the, the, the strength of squad is obviously there, but defensively you can kind of patch through, as you would have seen at Arsenal for a few weeks, and then suddenly uh, your makeshift centre-half not doing it anymore, your makeshift right-back's not doing it anymore, and also Keeper's making some errors, isn't he? Well, yeah, he's made a, he's made a big error on the, at the weekend, but that was probably the, the first one that he's really made this season. He's been, mm. he's been incredible. Him and Van Dijk at the back has been, <laughs> you know... And and for me, when you've got Van Dijk at the back, you can kind of match, you know, put put people around him. He's he's just been so strong, and and he's directing that from the back. He's uh, he's been terrific. So, but talking about Wolves, Wolves been you know they've been quite impressive the last few games. They're playing really attacking football, so that could be a yeah that could be a tough one for for the Liverpool defenders. I mean they had that bad run, didn't they, Wolves, where they were losing games and everyone was a bit like, hold on, they ain't going to finish seventh, sixth. They could be in trouble here, and they they changed nothing about what they did. They haven't. It was still Neves, still Martinho, still playing out from the back, still Doherty spreading, and they're winning again. That 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 spread where they where they've lost few games and everybody were you know I, I've I've saw them play against Arsenal. They should have won that game yeah. easily. The way Arsenal drew that game was just like a you know a hold up for me. Like they were playing <laughs> so good. What, what, did they, did they miss one right at the end? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The bar, didn't they? Who was that? That was the lad who come who missed that one uh, that Gibbs White young lad 17, 18 year old kid yeah. I think they, they fantastic were, he looks oh, better they way. were incredibles like, that's why I was you know 
I, I just thought if they carry on doing what they're doing, they, they'll start winning games again, and and which they did. They've won their last three games, and and every time I, I see them play, I just enjoy you know watching them. They just play attacking free football. It's like yeah, it's lovely to watch. You know, uh, Rimenez up front's been incredible. He mm. does everything. The guy, you know, mm. he's holding the ball. He's strong. He's fast. He sees the ball, passing, scoring. He's unselfish. Unselfish. Yeah, he's, he plays for the team. He's, mm. he's that's what be you know be interesting to see if Liverpool can can carry on winning. Versatile as well, plays right, plays centre. Yeah, he can, he can do it. Yeah. Uh, what about Liverpool, Paul? Um, what a victory against Man U last week. We were spoken a lot about Man U, and <laughs> rightly we focused on them. So Turgid was their performance, but Liverpool once again a tough match, uh, not quite as rhythmic as they have been in, in recent times, and yet they can change it up. They bring on Shakiri and they still win the game. Yeah, Shakiri made a, a big difference. And I, when he come on, I said, I've turned around and said to my brother-in-law, I said, he's going to be brother-in-law's a scouser, by the way. And I said to him, he'll change it. I said, so he'll do something different. He'll catch you him out. You had Liverpool Man U on the sofa watching the watching the game last week, did you? No, not not on the sofa. I was no. sitting in the kitchen. Right, OK. You're separate rooms. Fair enough. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, change it. But the thing about it, Liverpool... Should have been winning that game at that given before he come on. Liverpool were a better team by a country mile. He comes on, he does what he does, very very direct. Mourinho tried to say there were two lucky goals because they were deflected, which I find very very strange. Mm. But Couldn't, you mentioned him again, yeah? Though. Yeah, I know. I just done it again. <laughs> I can't help myself. Well, you start doing a fine every time you mention it. Oh, though. Christ Almighty! We've all I've, moved on, Paul. I haven't, I haven't got anything in my pocket. So, <laughs> but you look at and they're supposed to have had defensive problems. Klein comes in, and I thought myself, Klein coming in, that's going to be a problem. He gets through the game. Nothing outstanding, but he gets. They get through the game. Robinson was like, "You need to take the batteries out of him, don't yeah, you?" Yeah, Robinson's amazing. He's he's just how he gets. Um, when you talk about him, players improving, you look where he's come from, his background. You look at you say, at this moment, is there a better left back anywhere than him? And what he does defensively doesn't get outpaced, doesn't get turned over. But you look at him attacking wise, and you think to yourself, if he was at Barcelona, we'd be raving about him mm. and what he does and. And you look at them in midfield, and they, they wasn't the same as they were. They weren't definitely weren't flowing well, but they still controlled that game. And Liverpool haven't controlled a Man United-Liverpool game for a long, long time. They've, they've been made into battles by, by, by a certain person the last two. They've been nil-nil. <laughs> they've been nil-nil, and they've been awful. Awful games. And even under... Even under Sir Alex, they were tight games, but there were games that were still quite open. I mean, I played in one which was three-three. We played in one at yeah, Old Trafford, yeah. many, and mate, that was an incredible game. That was I thought one of thought, the great games. Yeah, you thought the game was dead, and it just come to life. And Neil Ruddock scored equalising goal. So there's been good games. The last couple of seasons have been very poor, but that one at the weekend mm. was a great game. As much as it, the game was. You think Manchester United are going to close the game off? They couldn't close the game off because Liverpool had other ideas. Klopp had learnt from the previous two and he got it right. And Liverpool got what they deserved in the end. Great win for Liverpool uh, on that game. And now the top of the table, a point clear of Man City. It's Man City Palace this weekend at the Etihad, 3 o'clock UK time on Saturday. City have won all nine of their Premier League home games this season. Only five times in history as it happened for the opening ten. Uh, for Palace... They won a game last week without Wilfred Zahar. They barely had a shot in the game. It was a great shot by Milivojevic, but that's going to do them such a massive favour. We'll, we'll talk City, obviously, but but to win a game without Wilfred Zahar, suspended again this week, unfortunately for them, that's going to be such a huge boost for everyone, isn't it? Because they would have felt after two years they couldn't do it. 
yeah, I guess I, I guess it would be a boost just just to win the game. After I'm sure they they'll rather have uh, Zaha with uh, in the team uh, with them, but I, I just think the the Palace problem is they just don't score many goals. You know, yeah. they don't have a, a, a striker that that is there scoring goals. If they haven't got a striker coming in on January first, because we've known this all season, we've done a load of these shows now. All of us have been in here talking about get a striker, get a striker. If they haven't got someone in coming in on January first. What are they doing wrong? They, everyone knows this. It should be midnight. It should be New Year's Day and they get this done. Yeah, that, that, that should be their priority. That should be the first thing they do, yeah, on the 1st of, of January because I think they, they're playing good football. They're strong at the back, they, they, but they just can't score a goal. Yeah. And unfortunately, you don't, you don't score goals, you just can't win matches. So, you know, playing at the Etihad Stadium... <laughs> Good luck. I guess you only need one chances if you defend well all game, but I, listen, I can't see it happening, yeah. really. Uh, briefly on Man City, um, one big thing happened for them in midweek, and it isn't getting through in the Carabao Cup. It's the return of Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, what a goal he scored as well. I mean, had a couple of rough weeks, Man City, the loss in there to Chelsea, of course, and it wasn't easy last week as well. Yeah. Um, the Bournemouth game before that wasn't easy. They've had some tough games. The return of Kevin De Bruyne, you know, the player of last season, Paul, is going to make such a big difference. Oh, it would lift so many lift so many people that he is back. It would make such a difference. And then he comes in midweek, does it... Scores an average goal midweek, as he's, he's that kind of player. <laughs> so that that does make mentally it makes such a difference to get to get someone back like that, and it affects other teams as well. What it does to other teams when you go out there and you see their best, you see their best player come back, or you see their best players out there go back many years, and you you think about you playing Arsenal, and all of a sudden you see Omri. You know, then you you worry psychologically. Of course, it's, it's it does. Massive, yeah, massive. It, make, it makes a difference yeah. to your opponents being in a tunnel when then you see someone like him, and you and all of a sudden you see him, and you think, oh my god, he's and back. To, and yeah, <laughs> and, and, that, and that's a worrying thought when someone has been built up. But the thing about it, he's been built up, but it's there in black and white. It's written on a can. You know how great he is, and as much as you try and stop him, you little bit says to you some even that something I say Omri again, get close to him, close him down, stop him, turn him. Yeah, great. Easily said. But there's something in your head says, I don't want to get too close because he'll nutmeg me or knock it to the side and he'll run past me. Mm. So you give him that little bit of space to say, you can't get past me. They can do it all in front of you. De Bruyne can do it all in front of you. He can put the ball around you. You know, so you earn that respect. And likely back this weekend. Right, let's move on. Next up, we're talking about Huddersfield against Southampton. All change for Saints these days, isn't it? Now, Rundle inside the box, 1-0 Newcastle, what a break! The Geordies always looked as though they had a little bit more in their armoury. Given away though, there's William, launches the ball forward, here's Hazard, it could be Hazard, Hazard's in, shoots right-footed, and it's a second goal for Chelsea. Manga here plays into the edge of the box, and Polybas who sweeps the shot in, beautiful goal. Polybas makes it 2-0 to Watford. Still, they can't get it away. Bobby Reed with the back heel, and it is in for 3-2. We're winning, drawing, like we did against Everton. And Domingos, in the last two games, he always uh, kept a very good level. Right, let's talk about Huddersfield up against Southampton. I love this stat. In English top flight history, no team has scored fewer goals after nine home games than Huddersfield Town. Three goals they have scored at home this season. The same as Everton back in 1998 and Arsenal 
back in 1912. The only <laughs> times in Football League history a team has scored this few goals at home. And all of a sudden, Jeremy, it's become tougher against Southampton this week as well. You would have seen him last week against Arsenal. Uh, before we talk Huddersfield, what did Ralph Hassenhutl, Ralph Rabbit Hutch, improve about the Saints last week? It almost seemed like they were fit and had, like, desire all of a sudden. Well, you saw you saw them run everywhere. I saw, I saw a team like just doing things that they, they, they haven't done all season. They just believe in what the manager told them to do, which is chasing all over the pitch. I saw the Arsenal defenders under pressure for for ninety minutes, kicking the ball in, in you know outside the pitch, and and just. I guess that's what happened when you get a new manager coming in. You know, suddenly you just get all the players get a bit excited, want to run, want to work extra hard to 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 show him after what I'll say is how long that's going to last because yeah. you, you can't do that all season you know your striker is not going to go and chase ball in, in corner flags for, for you know 90 minutes of every game so you know they, they've won against Arsenal they're massive boost for them they'll they'll be all on a high and, and massively confident going to Huddersfield, you know, getting something out of the game. Still got squad issues as well. Yannick Vestergaard, I mean, looks like a tugboat at the back. Absolutely terrible. Uh, they're playing three at the back, he can't move. <laughs> but mind you, up against Huddersfield, doesn't really matter. And it worked a few weeks ago for them when they had Pritchard further forward against, uh, alongside one of the strikers, either uh, De Poitra or Mounier. Uh, Mounier out for this one, suspended. And Aaron Moy, who was the creative guy giving the ball, was out till February. This little run here without their, their best player and probably their best striker could be the downfall of Huddersfield. This kind of game they can't afford to lose, can they? No, they can't. They've got to go out and try and win this game. Just to draw it isn't enough. You certainly wouldn't go out and bet on this game being a high-scoring game, would you? This is like, For me, it's going to be a 1-0 somewhere along the line. And I would favour, even given everything, I would still favour Huddersfield more just, for, just because of the fact of that stadium, what it does to you. Great atmosphere. Yeah, 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 that way. But it doesn't. But when you go there as as an opposing player, the stadium isn't a nice stadium, right? In my opinion, it doesn't look what doesn't look football. It is more rugby. It just it just doesn't feel football. So you don't feel you wouldn't feel motivated to play there. It it wouldn't it wouldn't get me going right. to go there. And to be honest, when you go Goodison Park in the daylight, that doesn't get you going either. Goodison Park in the daylight? Yeah, it's not the nicest of grounds. Why not? It just isn't. It's so old now. You when won't you, play without good paintwork. Yeah. Listen. Do you ever turn up and go, you know what, I'm not playing here. They haven't put me cushion down. I don't like the curtains. I'm out. Fergie, play someone else. <laughs> no, I haven't done that bit, but you get to places and there'll be players will come out and say to you and go, just shake their head. And if you don't start right because of it, then it affects you. But right. Huddersfield's one of them. If you get it right, you'll get it, you'll you'll go there and you do it. And there were teams, and I think one of them was Manchester United in Huddersfield's first season when they got beat there mm. and they played like a team and just looked and kind of like a team that went Oh my God, what are we doing Where are here? We, yeah. And that's what happened to them. Yeah, let's talk Chelsea up against Leicester. Three o'clock UK time on Saturday. Chelsea unbeaten in 12 Premier League home games, keeping a clean sheet in the last three. One of them, uh, of course, a victory over Manchester City. A couple of doubts uh, over, over Eden Hazard, who's got a few problems. Uh, of course, we know that Alvaro Morata is going to be out probably until Boxing Day. Um, and it's always a tough game against Leicester. And the good news for Leicester is that Jamie Vardy should be back. And they rested. Why did they rest so many players in the Carabao Cup quarter-final? I've got no idea. This this always been something that just I can't understand is how we rest players all the time these days. It's like it's I remember. I re- I remember when I was playing. There was there's no resting the the best player. You just play them. Players should be used to to play. You know two games a week you know mm. that's that's how it is but 
listen, yeah, resting club like Leicester quarterfinals. I I know it's it's, it's Man City and their mouth for well. We don't want to put a strong team and just get hammered or what you know. But still, you know, I think you get the chance to be in the quarterfinals. You've just got to play, play your stronger team. I just wonder just... sometimes the managers they get their own, they're thinking about their jobs and whatever, thinking about the next game. But if they went to the players and said to them. I should be playing my best eleven because there's a semi-final. I know it's Man City. They're they're going to be not be playing their strongest, but still we're at home. We can go. What do you want to do? I would expect the eleven best players or just to go. Let's play in it because I, I, I want to play. Yeah, yeah, because you want a medal for sure. You honestly, you want a medal. Could get Burton in the semis as well. Yeah, yeah. You, that's what I'm saying. You, <laughs> I mean, you want a medal. I mean, I'm, I mean, I played in two League Cup finals, won one and lost one, but still League Cup was my first medal I won in English football. The first thing, the first time I played in a final, something with final on the end of it, was um, the League Cup at Wembley. And that's, I mean, that's something that you want to do. You should want to do it as a player. So why do managers take it upon themselves? I'm going to rest people. Then you expect, you go into your next big game, Premier League game, and you think it's just going to click and happen. What's ever happened? What's happened to momentum Mm. of Mm. playing in the game? Doesn't matter if you win or lose, it's about a performance, and if you get a good performance, then you got. And it doesn't go right; it doesn't get the result. There's no guarantee, but you go into your next game with a good performance behind you. The win is great, but if you don't get it, but the performance, you're on a bit of a high. But all of a sudden, you make eleven changes, or how many you make for one game. The players that you have, your performance before wasn't that good, as Leicester's wasn't. Doesn't regardless of the result, then it's, you expect it to happen. And then you have a go at those players. Crazy. It is mad. It, it makes no sense. Uh, and they rested players to play Chelsea away this yeah. weekend. Bizarre. Um, Newcastle-Fulham. Let's move on to that. Now, Newcastle's home form, terrible. No team has lost more home games in the top four tiers of English football than Newcastle. But they find themselves 14th, Jeremy, on the strength of their away form. Goodwin at Huddersfield last week. Another goal from Solomon Rondon. Beat Burnley four or five games ago. I mean, Paul mentioned about playing at some at some grounds. You don't want to play at them. Why would Newcastle struggle in front of fifty thousand screaming Geordie fans? I don't get it. I, I don't. I don't get it. You know, every time I've played uh, at Newcastle, it's always been a incredible atmosphere, and, and having them fans as a, as an away player always feel like, oh god, that's going to be a you know a tough tough game, tough afternoon because having having them fans with you. Should give you a boost. I, I just can't get it. What they can't, uh, they can't win at home. It's a, it's a weird one. But you'd fancy Fulham, though, wouldn't you? I mean, Fulham. I mean, you were watching them last week, Paul. They're the kind of team, Jeremy, you, you can beat. Can't you? They haven't got it right at all at the moment. No, they, they're not. I think I think Ranieri's coming will obviously help them a little bit in some ways, but they're still, you know, they're still struggling. I, I saw them last week against West Ham, and, and yeah, they, they're not, uh, they're not up. Uh, up to to start winning matches, <laughs> but they've got Mitrovic up front, yeah. which you know I used to play for Newcastle. He'll, he'll obviously want to do well going back up there, and and so that might be that might be the difference in the game. It doesn't help if you don't cross in the ball, which I don't think they did all game last week against they West Ham. They didn't. They didn't really put any crosses in at all. I mean, their second half performance. And Siri had an opportunity, I think, where the keepers come out and made a save. Kamara, yeah, early yeah. doors, yeah, yeah, yeah. Made a save at the feet, and that was it in the second half. So Kamara had the opportunity, yeah, we yeah. should have put that away. And then he had one right at the start of the second half, oh, right, and yeah. Siri's, and, and you think to yourself, right, good start, 30 seconds, never threatened it again after that. It was soft, they were weak, given the weather and everything, it was awful. Paul, it Dennis Adoy right back? 
Yeah, I mean, I that, mean that against did, Felipe Anderson last week. Um, no, that was in, I against mean, maybe what Matt Ritchie this week. Yeah, we got to remember they they should have learned from what happened at Old Trafford of him at right back. As good as he he's been at centre half, they put him at right back, and every time he started his starting position was always too close to the centre half. So then all of a sudden you get you get the likes of Ashley Young, who's getting more room in wide positions, able to adjust his feet because Adoy didn't want to go out wide, and that tells you that. He doesn't. He doesn't really fancy Christie at right back. There's even talk about him buying Danny Simpson, and you think to yourself, what's the end game in that one? I'm kind of. I can't work it out. But he's a player he, he knows. He's a player who was in his um, his Premier League winning yeah. team as well. So it's somebody he knows. But they've got massive problems there. Left back. He doesn't really know with his left back. He's got um, Bryant now, but. He might play it Le, Le Monchon, uh, Le Monchon, Monchon yeah. Yeah. which is a, he's a centre back. He is a centre back, and he's a decent centre yeah. back, by the way. Very comfortable. He doesn't fancy Ream because he took Ream off, didn't he, at half time? Yeah, stinker, though, wasn't yeah, he? That took, West Ham second goal, you know, I mean, the defending. But every, oh. I mean, be honest, you have to give West Ham a little bit of credit. Their performance in the first half well, was keep very, saying it. Keep saying was very, it. Yeah. very good. Se- <laughs> I've never said it before about West Ham, but in the second <laughs> half, in the second it half, it was almost professional. It was. It they was managed weird. the game so well. But it was like in second gear. They didn't have to push themselves. They could just run. They could take liberties, do little tricks, try out new new things. And Fulham made it easy. So going back to where you were, Jeremy, is that Fulham are going there. And during my time at Fulham, every time we went to Newcastle, we always won. Mm. Fulham are going there. And I'm saying this moment in time, strange as it seems, they haven't got a chance at Newcastle. It doesn't make any sense. Even though Mitrovic is going to want to go and prove a point to Benitez, Mm. he's on his own. Mm. You saw him. he He kept chasing the ball down. And his frustration come at once because he saw Kamara. He's gone and closed someone down. Kamara has suddenly only gone and closed the person down once he had the ball mm. and he lost it. And I wouldn't want to lose it to a Serbian because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it worried me and I was in the press box. <laughs> needs a bit of coaching, that yeah. Kamara, doesn't he? Uh, right, let's move on. Let's talk West Ham. Up against Watford this weekend. Uh, Watford normally do quite well at West Ham recent times. One, two of their last five visits to the Amers. But West Ham, four straight wins for the first time in four or five years. Looking for five straight wins for the first time since 2006. Uh, and Jeremy, I mean, the amazing thing about it is that the first team's basically injured. There's no Wilshere, Lanzini, Yarmolenko. There's no Reed. There's no Anatovic, probably the best player at the club and yet they're still winning games how's that happening well I think like you know like you've said one four games on the row everybody's just buzzing they all start thinking that they're going up and up in the you know on the table and and they're just they're just playing well you know they're just performing they're enjoying their football and the fact that the strongest players are out gives the others the opportunity to play and and they're performing, so you know everything at the moment at West Ham looks looks bright. What's impressed you, Paul, about West Ham in recent weeks? I have to say is I'm going to go for an individual is um, Anderson because yeah, his he's early his early games are kind of going. Oh my God! Mm. You know they're top signing. You think, oh my God! But now and again, I, I talked about earlier coming back on a train after the game. They were singing, "I'm forever blowing bubbles." I've said it, but I don't ever want to hear it again. <laughs> but they, they, they've got a Felipe Anderson song and never mm. stop singing that about him. Do you remember it? Is it ingrained in no, your brain? No, it's not. They Do you perform it for the boys and, and, and girls right now? And the strange thing as well is that they, <laughs> they sang, they've got a song about Pellegrini as well. West Ham haven't sang a song about a manager for a long, long time. Yeah. I got told on the train that. They, they, but I think they're now they've seen like something that's happening. 
you know, and make for West Ham long, may, may it continue. Improving because, players uh, as well. Yeah, they've got... And Which the, you don't often say, Snodgrass. Snodgrass. I mean, no, no one saw that. Uh, That's amazing how what he's gone and done because he could have come back and cause obviously his issue at West Ham wasn't so much the club, it was about the hierarchy at the club, mm. how they talked about him. And he's come back and he's ideal. He could have come back and sulked and the West Ham fans could have given him excuses to why he's doing that for what was said about him. But I tell you, the best way to go and do something is to shove it right back somewhere. Mm. And he's gone and done that. Back of the by, but yeah, And he's done that. His performances have been fantastic on that right side, coming in on his left side, playing with so much confidence mm. now as well. I like the two centre-halves, Babuena and Diop. Mm. Brilliant. Playing every week. Can't beat that. Uh, and briefly, Watford, very impressed with them a couple of weeks ago against Everton. Should have won and didn't. Got the mistakes they made in that game. And, of course, the bad luck of Everton's first goal being miles offside. One quick note on them for this game. Domingos Kina in midfield. Portuguese 19-year-old player made his debut uh, Made his debut in the Premier League against Everton. Was at West Ham. Yeah, sold for yeah. a million uh, at the end of the transfer window. He was at Chelsea before that. Mm. Just wants to play football. I watched the game at Goodness and I thought he was fantastic. Watch out for this kid this weekend. I think... I think this might be a tricky one for West Ham against the Watford team. Yeah, I, I saw, when he came there, you could see he was disgruntled, wasn't he? Just yeah. wants to play. Wants to play, and I, and I love that by the way because there isn't many players who are, who are in that in that mindset anymore. A lot of them just content. Dare I say it? Picking up their money. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong in wanting to play football. And go out and earn your money by incentives. Boss the midfield as well, yeah. uh, away at Goodison. But, you know, you didn't like the paint job there, so that was fine. Um, <laughs> and finally, the one game we not mentioned, Jeremy, Bournemouth against Brighton. Uh, Bournemouth lost six of their last seven. Bit weird, isn't it? Are they a good side, Bournemouth? What, but when you start losing, how do you stop it? Well, they, they're a good side, but they've had tough games. They've played all the big guns lately as well. So so that, that will explain why they probably lost, you know, few... Uh, but they're still an exciting, you know, team playing attacking football, um, and and they've got individual players that that make the difference. And uh, you know, I'm sure they'll get back into uh, in, into winning uh, matches. And you know, Brighton could be the could be the games where they where they start winning again. Paul, if you don't give a corner away against Brighton, they won't score. So it'd be fun. <laughs> It'd be better if Glenn Murray's not playing, but mm. that makes it makes it a little bit better for you as well going up against Brighton. Yeah, uh, right, lads, out of time. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, never going to mention Mourinho again on a preview show. It feels weird, didn't it? Do you want to do it one final time? I'll take that as a no. That's the preview show for this week. And we've got another one coming out uh, just before Christmas. So on Monday there'll be a new preview show uh, looking at Boxing Day. Uh, we'll see you then. Thanks a lot. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.